Calm it's down. bear base! I know. Yeah. Fuck! Fuck! Ah, guys. It burns so fucking bad! That's in there. Bear base to the eye! Straight to the eye! Okay. Help! They got me right in the eye with bear base. Keep streaming. I got it. Keep streaming. I am. I got it, mate. My face is burning too. You gotta get him out of here. No, I can't even look. I can't even Keep streaming me. Someone. I'm streaming. So get someone to stream me. I got it. I got it, Bakes. Okay. Rick Wright right here. I got it. Okay. What is my people saying? Uh, Alright. Damn that sucks. Milk. I need more milk. Bake, it's just it's gonna hurt for a second. Okay, man? TC and Jake. Where are my dogs at, Jake? How's it going? Baked. It's gonna hurt for a minute. It's gonna hurt for a minute. That's probably like the nicest thing anyone said to him for like a three or four year span. I hope like not. That, that's just support, you know? Yeah, no, it is. It is, yeah, for sure. Not tied to any I ideology. It's not someone saying, yeah, I definitely think you're right. It's just someone, or I definitely think this dog walking business is going to take off. <laughs> it's just somebody saying, baked, it's going to hurt for a minute. Is uh, dog walking a COVID durable business? Dude, I actually know that it is. Okay. Um, a guy who listens to our show. Because your dog walker is still doing good? No, no, I don't know that I could ever. You're talking about Brian? I don't know his name. Okay. Uh, um, Brian, Brian's a listener of our show that uh, uh, he went to the same college as I, as I did, and we've, uh, we've shared lunch a couple times, and uh, he, he has a dog running business in the greater Washington area. And, uh, like I would Washington, the district? Yes. Then it's the same guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I have actually Good seen dude. it's doing really well. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I would believe it, you know? I think that actually applies to, uh, like, not to get too personal, but my parents' business hasn't been hit too hard. That's good. Because if you cater to people with a lot of money, they don't seem all that hesitant about they've, continuing They've still got to, some sheets <laughs> money. <laughs> they still have some money, yeah. They they'll still they'll wanna, buy a duvet no matter what. It would seem that way. That's good. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, you, do you ever think about the like? It's the it's along the lines of the if I won the lottery, mm -hmm. um, I would buy I would buy the nicest duvet I could. Well, but I I guess I just mean like that 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 classic conversation of what would you never do with like, like when you hear about an absurd story about a, a person of a, absurd wealth and you think wow I would never do that no matter how much money I had. Yeah. And I think dog walking, if I had, like, unlimited disposable income, that would be something I would want to do on my own. Like, I would have time to do it. Yeah, yeah, I guess that'd be nice. I mean, I'm, I'm just getting back from a, a baby walk, which is similar. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoy that, for sure. I kind of wish I did it more, which, you know, I, right now I'm, like, in a, like, it's, you know, one part of, like, having unlimited money is, like, having unlimited money and the resources to be able to do anything. But I think another thing implied about it is having unlimited time, which mm -hmm. I, you know, effectively do now. So, so I'm, I'm learning a lot. Uh, it, and I already knew a lot of it. You know, I've, I've already done these tests a couple times, um, about like, uh, you know, the things in my head where I was like, boy, if I had the time, I've now learned, uh, what I was lying about. And turns out it was like all of the self-improvement stuff. 
Uh, it wasn't a lack of time. <laughs> I mean, it, it is and it isn't. It is kind of amazing whenever you don't have anything to do how little time you're left with, though. Have you, I mean, I, I guess you haven't experienced any of that because your daily routine hasn't changed at all. If anything, you've gotten more busy. But I don't know. Have you ever experienced that like before? Definitely. Like, like, yeah, like when you're on vacation and you're like, boy, I mean, I'm going to have nothing to do all day. And then you're like, well, I did one thing in the last 24 hours. <laughs> Yeah, my little bit of uh, self-reporting on that would indicate that it would be the same uh, yeah. as you. Um, you know, it's just it was weird for me. Uh, we probably talk about this some on Saturday nights, but by like hour or like hour zero forty-five, nothing I'm saying matters anymore. But it's like it's just weird the timing of everything for me. Like at yeah, no point, oh yeah, Jesus, I didn't, man. I didn't really get like, I don't mean from like a financial standpoint, although that's certainly a, a whole other deal. I just mean like, I didn't really get used to the way that it was before it became the way that it is. I mean, you spent the last, I don't know, fifteen, at least ten years, uh, like trying to reach a point where you could talk about the sporting events that happened last night, and then like the second they were like, "All right, green light, go." The, all the sporting events were like, yeah, we're not going to play right now. <laughs> it's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. Like, so you're going to be doing this job for a year before you have any idea what it's like. I mean, you know, it sounds like they might actually come back next or two months from now, but, you know, whatever. Uh, how do you feel about your baseball? The contract negotiation, like labor negotiations are always like this, right? I mean, I, I, I feel very mad at the owners. Like, you know, I, I, the way that they handled it of like putting out their proposal and then just like wanting everyone to like fucking attack the players. Um, and you know, like if, if they, if, if their big thing is that they want to get back and play, then like don't insist on something that caused a strike that canceled the fucking world series. Like this is crazy. And I, I don't know. I, I, we've talked before. I, I would kind of like to, uh, talk with uh, baseball labor leadership and say like, boy, I, I get the principle of your no salary cap thing and I like it and like it's very good but like it only works if you're effective on a number of other fronts and you guys have been getting fucking clobbered on those so like I don't know I may, maybe you could maybe you will be able to one day successfully prove the collusion that is occurring but like probably not you know unless someone's taking notes on a criminal conspiracy as Tom Grieve did you're you're not going to be able to do it so and uh, Poot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the two of them. The two of them, Tom Grieve and Poot. That's one thing they share. Motherfucker, is you taking notes on a criminal conspiracy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, you know, so like uh, the, the no salary cap thing is a fine principle that, like, in practice is, like, getting them hammered. Like, they're, they're, you know, if you look at the last five years, like, who's getting the most as far as, like, a percentage of the income revenue, or, uh, yeah, the income generated by the sport, like, they're not doing well. So, separately, I kind of think that salary cap isn't the worst idea, especially, like, I mean, I don't I don't trust the owners at all that it's a temporary thing, but, you know, whatever. Um, so, you know, there, there's that, but, like, the owners know how they how the players feel about it and if they if they're if they wanted to get back as badly as they're attempting to communicate to you that they do then they would have offered the players more favorable terms you know like i don't know whatever i guess no well, one's going to starve in this but to me it just looks like a uh who is easier 
which side is it easier for them to sell to themselves that a long-term play here is the right one? Because I do think that if baseball comes back, I mean, I'll watch the shit out of it, dude. Thank you. Like, without question. It, I'd like to tell you about my uh, my old Bulls, my Red Bulls, here oh, in a yeah. minute. Because uh, I actually think you would think that their story is very interesting now that I know it. Um, is that a Bundesliga team? or It is. Okay, they have a it Red is. Bulls over there? We'll get to that. All right, all right, all right. Um but, like, the players, I could see you saying, like, all right, somehow, like, we need it codified that we're never talking revenue split again. Like, the, the Tony Clark assures to the members something where he says, we're never talking about a nominal or de facto salary cap again. But we think if we come back right now, we take this hit this year, that's going to help us in the long term. But I think that would also be the same for the owners. Like, if the owners said... Yeah, we're gonna possibly some of us are going to the we're going to go into the red this year. Maybe some of us are just gonna, you know, make twenty percent of what we thought we were gonna make, but it's going to be great for us long term because our franchise values are still going to go up the way that they were before. Like I think both sides actually stand to benefit a lot by coming back, and it seems like neither one of them are really willing to even concede that that might be part of the math. <laughs> One thing I'm a little interested in about how this goes, I mean, we've heard no reporting on it, and I I can't remember something like this ever occurring, so I get it. Like, TV contracts are a long-term, locked-in, like, the, the, the terms are ironclad, but if I were a TV network right now, I think that I would feel pretty strongly that I would like to step in and say, like, guys, what what check do you need above what we've already promised you to get this done? Because... Of all the people that are going to win in this, like, you know, the owners are going to lose money. The players are going to lose money. TV networks are going to do fucking great. You know, like, it, like y- yeah. you, you, you just said that you would watch this. You would not watch this under any other circumstance. There are a million people like that. Uh, so I, I, I think that that's a, an interesting avenue, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert in it. And then uh, I have no fucking, you know. I understand TV networks being like, yeah, we already kind of uh, worked out what we're going to pay you, so we don't want to like like what a, a poor negotiator goes back and they're like, what what if we just paid more for the same for for less games? Um, but uh, you know, I, yeah. I I think that they they are they're the ones that really stand to win from all this. So if I were them, I would uh, I would try and tip the scales to see that it occurred. I guess what I don't know is. Uh, what the market for television advertising is? Because if it's going to be if it's going to be lower, then I'm not going to offer more. If it's going to be the same, I might offer more. You know, but I don't know that you can go both ways with it and say we're going to pay more for these rights, and we also know we're going to get kicked in the dick. I think that you probably will end up paying less per view, like or get it, generating less income per viewer, but you'll get so many more viewers that it does more than balance out. Would be my guess, but you know. We're I would encourage them imp- to run their own numbers. Talk about impressions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Impressions are going to go up. Now, those impressions are going to be worth a little less, but impressions are going up. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% certain that impressions are going up. That's the thing that I, I have rock solid. From there, I would extrapolate that TV networks are probably going to make more, so they should do more to try and make sure that, uh, that, that all this comes back. But, you know. Uh, real quick, I want to. I don't want to lose this uh, before we get to Red Bull and Donald Tweedy or President Tweedy. Um, 
When you say baby walk, does that mean like you wife stroller? Uh, I mean, the wife was still in uh, working hours, so it's just me and stroller. But yeah. Okay. We got some sort of a little. Uh, I really don't even know how to describe it. I know Radio Flyer makes it. If you want to talk about a company that has really proven to be Teflon through, I don't know, what seems like a century. Did a pivot? Um, it's like a tricycle, but it just has pedals. Or not pedal. Eh, it doesn't have pedals that... Uh, that um, what's the word I'm looking for? They don't really move. It's not like she's pedaling it, but she puts her feet up on the actual pedals, the physical pedals, and then it has front wheel, two back wheel, and she can steer. So, like, we push, but she just has, like, a thing to, I guess it's, like, to get yourself familiar with putting your hands on pedals to direct something, and you can extend it as they grow. Like, so you can extend one of the axles, and that has made the walk a lot more enjoyable, frankly, because, you know, they feel like they're doing something. Yeah, that's good. I I think that I enjoy the walks more than she does at this point. She kind of seems bored for most of it. Oh, definitely. That's what I'm saying is that's how it was in the stroller. Now you give her a little, uh, she's got a little skin. Yeah, that's cool. In the game. Um, Before we get into anything, I have a short note. I just, okay, Jesus, I just have a short note. Um, Yeah, so you know about this, but the listener likely does not. Uh, Jake's trainer, Bobby Stroop of APEC, uh, he's got a podcast. He did not ask me. This is not part of our financial arrangement uh, that I promote this podcast. I want to be clear about that. I'm doing that because I listened to it today, and I think it's fucking great, and I think that the listening audience would probably enjoy it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, a couple months back, you came to me and were like, hey, uh, my, my, you know, this guy, he's... If people heard the interview during the Super Bowl week, whenever you were on the hard line, uh, it's Patrick Mahomes' trainer. He's trained a ton of people that you heard of and are familiar with. Uh, He he has a gym in Fort Worth and then one in Tyler. And uh, you were like, yeah, he's trying to do a podcast, uh, but I, you know, asked me to help and I I don't got time for this. So, you know, would you mind? And I was happy to. And uh, so, yeah, so I've, it's it's been really cool working with him to like get it up and running and everything and uh you know i I didn't know him before this so i didn't know if it'd be good or not because a lot of times whenever people are like i can just do podcasts and that'll be easy sometimes it doesn't work out that way um you know you end up with a ladies be tripping bear stew kind of situation uh (laughs) this is this is on the other end of that this is the kind of thing it was the bibs Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, what, whatever. I know There's Ladies Be Trippin' was a. Uh, I thought the bibs were were fine uh, as as an audio product. Um, but uh, uh, burn hot, burn bright. <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. This this is the kind of thing where I listen to it and I'm, I'm like a little mad that like he spent his entire life doing something that's not podcasting, and like I'm like, how's this guy better than me? I've, I've been spending like a decade just trying to do this. Um, but yeah, so I, I recommend it. It's called "Be the Best You" with Bobby Stroop. If you just search "Be the Best You." Um, then, uh, then you'll hear it. And I also did want to use this as an opportunity to say, I would be happy to do that for anyone else. Uh, or, you know, you, you can contact me and we can work out terms, but you know, he, he paid me a, 
a nominal fee to uh to he he gave me direction like he said like here's some stuff i want in my intro and then like i like pieced it together and like slotted it and mixed it and everything and then um you know like getting uh getting everything set up like in terms of getting it on itunes and and that kind of stuff so that's certainly some skills that i do have i know how to get podcasts on itunes it's not difficult but you know whatever there's various things i would be happy to uh to get anyone's podcast off the ground if they are interested in that. So uh, TC, it's just banter.com. Yeah, I think uh, two things. The first thing is to call him my trainer is a massive, massive uh, mangling of he and I's relationship because he definitely uh, owns the gym in Fort Worth that I used to go to and now use their app. But he would only come to really to come to Fort Worth for the big dogs, which is like, combine training and uh when thor was in town yeah he lives uh, in tyler right <clears throat> yeah his brother and i have are, are i mean i'm close with bobby but brandon and i are a lot closer because he would he would manage the fort worth location and because i think we both had a pretty good relationship as a dirtbag and much less successful brother now <laughs> the difference is his is flipped right i think i could stomach mine a little more if i were the younger brother um, but he's a great dude and it's weird, man. Like I think my view of quote personal trainer throughout, like if you were going to 24 or LA or any big box gym was like, I kind of looked at them as a grifter. Yeah. You know, like this person's just here. Like it never really looked like they were doing all that much to me. Like I just was kind of telling there. you to push it. Just <laughs> like, yeah, I would, I would kind of look over there and be like, that's easy. And you like You're I couldn't do it because no one would fee. hire me because I'm fat. But like I always look at it and be like, boy, I want that job, right? Yeah. Whereas <laughs> when you meet people like Bobby or some of the people he employs that work with dudes who are either trying to get in the league or trying to win their second MVP, and you talk to them for five minutes, you're like, all right, I get it. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> like, sounds like a fucking doctor with some. I want to run through this dude's. I want to run through a wall for this dude right now, and he's explaining everything to me in a way that I don't know. There's just times where you get like, all right, there's a difference between this and that. The second thing is, um, yes, there's a lot of people like him who are solid communicators. Who uh, you may look at it and say, "How's this dude better uh, at this than I am?" Which all jokes aside, I know you don't mean, but in any case, he's very good at uh, communicating his message. But the other thing about that that is, to me, interesting is it is still kind of a bit of a wilderness on guy who has an idea and can communicate. And then the the massive gulf to getting this to platforms people can hear it on, tracking it, <laughs> and putting it in a format that is is like digestible, like if you just put your shit on SoundCloud and that's it, no one's ever going to hear it. Yeah. Like that's the easiest way to do it. And it probably won't cost you anything, but no one will ever hear it. So I don't know. I think there's a market for somebody who's like, yeah, for a pretty affordable rate, I can do this in a way that'll get you to advertisers. So basically what I'm saying is the part where you're not talking much more lucrative. Yeah. And by that, I mean you specifically. (laughs) um but yeah he uh i don't know if i mentioned but uh the the episode i was listening to today was uh graham harrell who he um worked with whenever he was uh done with tech but uh trying to to catch on and you know eventually got that uh that packers backup job just like you know in so 
there's part of it like in, in the beginning, like he's like, Hey, just walk me through the end of that game against Texas. And he like does in good detail and it's fucking great. Uh, but then there's like a part in the middle where it's just like two dudes who have spent a ton of time just hanging around, shooting the shit, just like, you know, trading, uh, training war stories about like times they pissed, uh, they pissed off Indians relief pitcher, Josh Tomlin. And, uh, it's great. So I recommend it. I saw Bobby's tweet today too, or maybe it was yesterday since they opened back up and obviously I'm biased, but, um, they're way more well positioned to open back up than a large, uh, again, like big box gym. Cause there's really never more than like 15 people in APEC at a time. Yeah. And it's fucking huge. They just don't do like, nobody goes there to do open gym. Although I thought this was interesting a uh, buddy of ours told us, uh, told me that at 24, they're doing um, scheduled like appointments for your time at the gym. That's and a good idea. Well, I don't have like the the most favorable opinion of some of those gyms in the world. The fact that they were able to turn that around pretty quickly and have people schedule it so that it's not like mayhem. I think that's kind of a success uh, success story of like, okay, well, we're gonna have to do things a little bit differently right now. How, how does that look? And I don't know, most of the companies I've been hearing about that have done stuff like that. I look at it and think thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, I had to get a, I, I had a, we, we both have been struggling through uh, holes in the tire and I went ahead and bit the bullet and got mine uh, fixed and discount tire was the same kind of deal where like, you know, you, you get, you go beforehand, like, you know, they've got my email or whatever. So they said like, Hey, if you need anything done, then schedule on here. So it's not, you know, 20 people in the waiting room. Uh, whenever I did, like, it was like wait in your car the entire time. Like they have you like back it into the stall or whatever. I'm, I'm sure they would do it for you if you want, if you want to, whatever. I don't need to do an ad for discount tire, but uh, I, I agree with you that I see some, the way some companies react to this and I'm like, that's pretty smart. Good job, guys. Get a little free water. <laughs> Get a little free water. Um, can I have one final point about the COVID that I, I think might be might be too hot for this podcast? It's a Saturday night deal? I don't know. We'll have to see. No, it's not that explosive an opinion. Uh, okay. but, but, but I do want to take your temperature on it, maybe get some listener feedback, some, some discussion going. You know, sound off in the comments. So you know how anytime you're looking at a lady, like you're, you're in a grocery store and like in the aisle ahead of you, like there's, there's a lady and you know, you just like, and she, you know, she's ahead of you. So you're like, you can only see the back. So you just like see that she like has hair and like, isn't 60. And you're like, boy, I'll bet she's fucking hot because you, you're just filling in all the details in your mind. You know, have, have you experienced this? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so towards that end, I, I believe that for the most part, like, uh, you know, that the, the more you can like leave up to the imagination, like that's going to work for a lot of people. And uh, to, that, to that end, these masks are, uh, ladies be looking hot in masks, Jake. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm just walking around horny all the time about these masks. And you don't think it's just because you've seen a shitload of, uh, is her name Crystal or Kendra Lush? <laughs> Does she have a mask? I don't know. There's a porn star that has definitely been taking advantage of COVID or Corona related porn because she's one of the ones that you usually can't see her face anyways. Okay. Which 
miss me with that shit anyways, right? I think we yeah, talked yeah. about that. Yeah. I'm not not a fan. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's worked pretty well for her. But I, you know, the the, the whole business, like I really don't think it's, I don't think it is like uh, that. I like the shape of the mask or anything. <laughs> it's just like whatever. Like like uh, one of the difficult things in life is like having a uh, an attractive face. You know, like I'm I'm missing pretty badly. Um, and so if you can just kind of like sidestep that whole deal and just be like. Well, I got eyes like they exist, you know, and like that's that's the only information you're revealing then uh, and, and the mind is just like, well, you know, I don't, I don't need to investigate further. I'm sure she's hot, you know, like that, that, that whole dynamic. Uh, it's it's something else. And this is the time on the podcast every week where TC advocates for Sharia law. Uh, you can, <laughs> see i think that'd be too far i mean catch it one once a week where i'm opposed to it on uh you know freedom-based grounds uh and, and two uh i i don't think that that uh is is, is what i'm talking about it's not a you want sort of a halfway i would say i just the, uh, want that i would say mandated I would say hajib the the thing that i have learned is that this is the exact right happy medium i wouldn't want anything changed from this a job a job sorry I would say just just dress regular, but wear a mask. And uh, you know, we're we're gonna go from like my brain being like you know I don't know fucking fifty percent of the population is like uh, really attracted to like up to like seventy. You know, what if uh, you just were full like uh, restaurant gear all the time, but you had the full head covering, uh, like that sort of law that you're so fond of. <laughs> You're such a jerk. Uh, nah, I think the the full head covering is too far. You need to see their hair. You want you want you want something. You want a little something. Okay. I definitely want to see the hair. Yeah, yeah. See, for me, uh, I just I base all of my attraction to uh, the opposite sex on how much they're fitting in with my uh, political and social views. Yes. So when I see a woman wearing a mask, I'm like, well, there's somebody that understands that, you know, this is serious. Dr. Fauci is right. <laughs> right. Just a, little, just a little sexual virtue signaling, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely what, uh, what drives all people. You're right about that. So the cool thing I wanted to tell you about the German Soccer League, and, and here's my, my disclaimer on this, right? Mm-hmm. I've said this before about hockey. If... Like, all of a sudden, and I don't know, like, NFL, NBA, that would be tough for me to get rid of, college football for sure, but part of the reason why I feel less engaged in in hockey and to, an a, lesser, uh, to a lesser extent soccer is because I'm like, well, fuck, we're not going to talk about this. It doesn't really care if I know, uh, I don't really care, it doesn't matter if I know that this happened. Sure. Uh, at no point is my reaction to this going to be useful to me in any way. Which I way. think is part of the appeal to Bob. Like, I think yeah. that he is tired of, uh, like, watching something in a way that he's going to be expected to talk about it. So he likes to watch things that he is not expected to talk about. But I can yeah. see how a month into the job you don't feel that way yet. Well, and also I think uh, it, it, it extends beyond media or commentary to just, you know, stuff you can talk about with your friends. And if they're not all into it, That's then, true. like, what is the point? Like, part of the communal experience is, like, the in-group thing, but... But this sure, day and age, you can find a couple friends. You know, if you, you want to call can. up Tyler Kern, you can. 
you can, but you just have to search for it a little more than you do for like Auburn, Alabama. Sure. Um, but it's very rare that if I devote my time to hockey that I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like I've always really enjoyed it. And to an extent, again, that's kind of how I feel about like about most soccer. And so with nothing else to watch and nothing else to talk about, I was like, let's give this a shot. And by no, absolutely no intention of my own, I decided I would watch and order a jersey from overseas uh, of apparently the most hated league uh, team in the German league. Oh, no. And they are hated because they're viewed as like uh, the corporate raiders of this league. So you often hear about how in um, teams or leagues in in England and in Italy and I think in France that they're owned by your Sheik or your Tom Hicks, right? Yeah, like Manchester City is a team that sucked for a long time and now for the last five to ten has been uh, dominant, I believe, because, yeah, some Middle Eastern oil money got involved. So in the Bundesliga, they have something called the 50 plus one rule. Okay. And I'll just read this straight from uh, from this article. The statute has helped keep German clubs in the hands of fans. Even as investors have snapped up their counterparts in other countries, the rule requires that the parent club and thus their members hold a majority of the voting rights in their club, giving them a say on topics like ticket prices. Only investors who, had fu- who have funded a club continuously for at least 20 years are allowed to hold more than 50%. So the Bundesliga mandates that clubs essentially be locally owned. Yeah, they, they in general have uh, a lot of policies that uh, I strongly agree with. Like they, they, their level of like fan input into how they run things is extremely fucking high. Like they had a Monday night football kind of deal, and the people were like, "Yeah, I mean, if I want to travel to an away game and I got to work on a Tuesday, that fucking sucks. How about you just play them on the weekends?" And uh, you know, TV money be damned, the league was forced to to stop doing it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, stuff like that is fucking cool in my book. Yeah, and so this is why people are so mad about Leipzig is, for example, in uh, for Bayern Munich, they have 200,000 voting members and their membership fee is $60. That's great. Or 60 euro. All members yeah. over 18 have the right to vote at the club's annual meeting. For Leipzig, the annual fee for a gold member is a thousand euros and that does not guarantee any voting rights and the club refuses to provide v- uh, details on how to become a voting member so in uh contrast with Bayern Munich having 200,000 Leipzig has 17 <laughs> it sounds like this team sucks <laughs> yes dude it 100% does and the other thing Germany uh won't allow is for you to are you um, gonna bail no I'm leaning in are you going to start voting Republican? Uh, start. <laughs> so not only that, they won't let you name a team after a sponsor. But as you might have seen, uh, either me tweet about or me talking about, they're called RB Leipzig. So they created a word that a German word that I think translates to in all three articles i've seen written about this to what they call either a made-up or nonsensical word that means sport on lawn that -hmm. is like rosin ball Mm -hmm. so they can still use rb (laughs) and everyone calls them red bull 
but uh, Rosenball Sport Leipzig, an odd-sounding neologism that means lawn ball sport and conveniently abbreviates to RB. <laughs> yeah, I don't like these people at all. I hope they never <laughs> win a game. Now, uh, the pushback from their you know fans. I do love the uh, the Bush beer thing. You, you remember that? What's that? Uh, the Cardinals, I think it was Bush Stadium. They were like, we, we want to name our stadium after the beer. And the league was like, no. They were like, okay, well, we want to name it after ourselves, the Bush family. And they were like, eh, that's reasonable. And they do. And then they're like, oh, by the way, we're making a beer called that. <laughs> that Bush wasn't around before then? I think so. I, I think that that's correct. I believe that's that it was introduced specifically to uh, take advantage of the fact they had a stadium named that. Uh, the people who get pissed about this, which are really just like the tiny amount of people who live in this pretty downtrodden uh, Eastern Germany town, are like, yeah, but Bayern Munich still spends way, way more than Leipzig does. Like that three is, times, uh, yeah. two or three times more. And so, yeah, they've got money pouring into them too. Uh, they just don't have, um, it's just more, it's not as explicit when it's, you know, Audi or, you know, telecom or whatever. And to be fair, to your point, uh, that you're, you're way out on this team, they are like a bit of a beacon of hope for the part of Germany that has really been fucked by capitalism. Like, Eastern Germany has not been doing well uh, since reunification. Yeah, yeah. Like, their political and capital elite is all Western. Yes. And so this is like a... And I don't know anything about this other than what I've read in the last couple of weeks, but it's just that it has been a boon for their local economy to have a team that people actually care about that is now in the first division. Uh, it's just that they were completely <laughs> propped up by corporate raiders. <laughs> who kind of want to sell energy drinks. So, Yeah, I don't think the uh, whole thing is... That's not enough to get me on board with them, you know? And I've, uh, I've been to uh, Bayern Munich's stadium before, so I have uh, close, strong ties with the club. Yeah, but you don't want to pick the team that's in first, though, right? You want to go, like, fourth or fifth. Uh, I've also been to uh, Hertha Berlin's, but I, I think that they kind of suck. Like I don't yeah, even think they're fourth. I don't think they're. I don't think they're like in the first league. Oh really? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but I may be wrong. Yeah, that's always been confusing to me. Why there's a? I mean, I guess that the, it speaks to the fact that Berlin is the largest city in Germany, but like its distance from like uh, like the the difference between. Um, you know, the largest city in England and the fifth largest city in England is like a huge fucking difference, whereas the difference between the largest city in Germany and the fifth largest city in Germany is a pretty small difference. There's a ton of fucking huge metroplexes in, uh, in Germany. Um, do we have enough time to, uh, to talk about the largest podcast story of, uh, in the world this week? Uh, yeah, we're fine, dude. I'm okay. not going to look. If they, I'm in the closet. Okay. They can't. They can't come in here because I was just going to tell can play you real with quick. Baby that, for a while. Uh, I know a lot of people are dunking on uh, Sleepy Joe uh -huh. for uh, coining the nickname. I call him President Tweety. I, I love. I love it so much. He's like, I, I normally don't want to. You know, I don't want to 
I don't want to get in the mud. Get in the mud, go into vulgarities. I, I don't want to say things that I wouldn't say in front of my grandchildren. I'm going to do that here, but I do call him President Tweedy. Yeah. So obviously on the Trump scale, it sucks. It's dunk worthy. We all want to laugh at it, right? But. Okay. <laughs> That's a very Stephen A. Smith but. <laughs> but if you think about it, Think about the four voters that the New York Times can find that are like, we're Trump supporters, but we're a little, you know, we find them a little bit icky on these points whenever they go to the diners. (laughs) Dude, uh, this is a weak argument. I know what you're saying. The only thing they care about, they're like, you know, we want the wall. We hate immigrants. Uh, We we think he's just a businessman, but we just wish uh, wish he wouldn't tweet so much. That's not going to be enough to convince them not to vote for him. And they don't know that using the term Tweety to refer to someone who tweets a lot is, uh, lame. as the kids would say, cringe. <laughs> yeah. They don't know that. Because they might actually think of it as like, oh, what are you on the, you're on the Tweety? You tweetering? Yeah, no, so they, I think, they, they, yeah. I think reminding the person in the diner about tweetering. I think it's going to work. I mean, I think that like his general election campaign is going to work because eh, the rape thing and, you know, uh, well, I'm just saying like, uh, he, he's going to be president because it's like Trump's doing a really bad job with really, really, really bad circumstances. You're not still doing this. Are you? What? Do you want to put the bet back on the board? Oh, you'll still let me bet about, uh, whether or not Biden's going to win. Yes. Yeah, how much? What 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 are the odds? What, what see, will, then you what can will feel you good. You can feel good because you won't have to vote. You can feel like you were completely you abstained from this process, and you can still feel like you got to win. We talking even? We're talking even. I'll go five hundred. Five hundred unemployment is fucking hitting. Really? I mean, it's free money. 500 feels low. Like, like if, if, if they got a free money store, well, they'll just give you whatever you want. Like, you're kind of a dummy to walk in and say 500. I just see, know that 500 end, is, a, is a common bet amount for you. And see, on my end, uh, I've been saying for a long time that I would pay uh, at least $500 for Joe Biden to be president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just because he'll, he's willing to speak out on the tweet issue. That's always yeah. been a big thing for you. Yeah, and well, don't forget the female VP. So, will you take the bet? Yeah. All right. All right. It's a bet. It's on. It's done. God, I'm an idiot. Why am I betting five hundred dollars while I'm unemployed? I don't care. Fuck it. I'm not backing out. That is not me backing out. We're in. Joe Biden wins five hundred dollars. T.C. Fleming. Donald Trump wins five hundred. Better not let your wife hear this. Uh, she knows what free money is too. Oh, okay. All right. Well. Uh, I tell you what. I'm going to buy two bongs with this. If I win, I'm going to donate the money to... Tara Reid Foundation? You said it, not me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, you, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen if you win, bud. Don't, don't, don't trouble yourself with trying to uh, plan out that windfall. I'll already be dead. Huh? No, you just, you're just not going to get it. Like, it's not. Oh, you'll be in a. Well, you'll be you'll be sending me uh, ten cents a week from the gulag. No, I'll 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 have uh, 
I'll, we'll be uh, back at uh, Club Dada with, with me putting the money on the table. It'll be there for you to take off the table whenever, uh, whenever final results come in. But, I mean, listen. I, I want you to make it out to Corn Pop. <laughs> I think you are over Like, yes, if this were, like, normal times, I think that I would be like, eh, well, I was pretty sure in 2016. But, like, the motherfucker's got unemployment that's going to be, like, 20%. Like he's things yeah, are looking that? real bad for him. I, we don't we don't have to we don't have to go back and forth about this any further because uh, it'll it's it'll settled. it'll be solved. Yeah, it'll be settled. So, okay. All right. You want to talk podcast? Yeah. Podcast about podcasts. Okay. So uh, you guys are probably aware, but I, I want to make sure that everyone is uh, filled in all the details because I don't think a hundred percent of the audience has even heard of this podcast. Uh, but you know, I would put it at about ten percent, dude. Okay, okay. Um, so there's a podcast called Call Her Daddy. It's a girl uh, named Alex and a girl named Sophia. Alex used to date Noah Syndergaard. That is uh, one of the ways in which she has become famous. The um, aforementioned Thor. Yeah, has she ever been to APEC? Do you think? No, but dude, I've never been so impressed with a man's body. Okay. He's fucking huge, dude. What a lucky lady is what you're saying. <laughs> he is a fucking monster. Boy, if I could just get one night. <laughs> oh, you kidding me? Change my goddamn life. Blow it out. Um, but yeah, so uh, so that, that that was her previous claim to fame, and she had been doing her uh, this podcast with her friend for, I think, at the point that they approached Barstool Sports, uh, like weeks, months, you know? But we're like, hey, we got this podcast, and uh, you know, we re- we really want to do whatever. And at that point, you know, like like she's got like the one hook, but like th- it's not a big deal, you know, like like they're getting like our numbers at that point, like at like like maybe not even our numbers, you know. Um, and so they they start doing it, and I think they've done like seventy episodes at this point, um, and it, it's all just you know like uh, uh, like. Kind of come town for ladies a little bit. I that, that feels like an insult to the comedic stylings of come town, but like the same it, kind it of does. like constant sex talk. I, I guess I don't really listen to any podcast that I would compare it to. Like it's just a lot of like you know, here's what it's like to be a hot chick who lives in New York sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, whereas you know, like I would say, come town, especially like the Stavi side, is like you know. Here's what it's like to be <laughs> a, a, a fat, ugly man living in New York. Um, yeah, and I think from what I know about it, you know, just the again, the hook is that for a long time, it's been kind of a don't don't tell type approach to female sex, like that you're not really supposed to talk about your exploits in a way that is like proud. Yeah, whereas- like it might be like for dudes. Like they're uh, they're like enumerating on tips of like how to successfully cheat. Like here's some like you know y- your your man's gonna try and figure it out by this this and this. Here's how you thwart him. That 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 kind of stuff. Right. Um. And you know that they, they, they are attractive. Have have you attempted to listen to this podcast? No fucking way, dude. So I'm not. I like um. The uh, the guys we fucked podcast. I listened to like thirty episodes of that, and like thirty was like enough for me. But I listened to thirty episodes of it, and I enjoyed it. So it's not like I, I am incapable of uh, liking this sort of thing. You know, I mean, like who's not interested in sex? Am I right? Fucking great. You just have dude. the fo- phone up on the back of the toilet. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but uh, so you know, whatever. And uh, the, I was introduced to this by uh, Michael Sertain, previous two-time guest of the podcast, Vegas Mike. Uh, and he he and I have been going back and forth about this all week. That's why I want to talk about it so much because uh, suffice to say, he disagrees with me on some of this. Um, but 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 uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I've I've got strong feelings that uh, that I've I've been telling to him and and, and I'm not getting the uh, the amount of uh, clear acknowledgement of the, of my genius so I'm I'm, I'm coming to you instead. Um, so he was like, yeah, you gotta listen to this podcast. It's the best podcast I've ever heard. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And it was about ten minutes of their voices that I could take. And really, I I like needed to shower out. Like I don't know. Like more power to them, and like you know, th- they're doing fucking way better than us. I think should be it should like be the clear, preface that's to all I of feel, this. That's how I feel about ben, uh, Bill Simmons too, and I'm proud of his success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, it's it's just like someone is taking a drill through my ear into my brain. It is very painful. Um, so, so I, I the, am not a, a, a veteran listener, but you know, got the basic dynamic. And I, I, I think the come town comparison felt apt because they both have that same feeling of like, uh, Oh, so you guys like, don't have a topic. You're just going to talk, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And also, uh, let's add in, uh, whether it's with the cummies or with this podcast, I think the goal would be that if you could be financially and commercially viable while also knowing that you can say just about anything. That is, you know... We can't really do that. The ticket can't really do that. Nobody who's on commer- on, on terrestrial radio can really do that. And a lot of people that it. are on... <laughs> a lot of people that are on podcast networks can't even do it. You know, and that, that yeah. is one of the things about Barstool or their parent companies is that they're like, yeah, we don't care. We're, we don't care, short of these, maybe these two or three magic words, and there might even not be two or three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Portnoy's definitely used the N-word at some point, right? 100%. At some, at some point or at some point like broadcast? Uh, just, just in his life is, is the bar I'm starting at. I don't know. Maybe. You don't know? Maybe? 100%. I'll put another 500 on that. All right, no, we're done betting. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, so yeah, so they, they, they've been doing this, uh, this podcast for Barstool Sports. April 7th is the last time they published an episode. They were previously published, publishing episodes weekly. Um, and like, you know, they'd kind of like dropped hints, like, uh, like the episode description of that one said like the end or something like that. Um, and so people have just been like, what's what's up why why did they stop doing the podcast what's going on and i think that they had some kind of like cryptic uh you know legally we're not allowed to say but like we're trying to work things out whatever and then the new york post uh called barstool sports to indicate that they were going to publish an article that they did publish and in reaction to that uh portnoy recorded a podcast for about a half an hour himself and put it out on their feed uh, so like, you know, if you go to call her daddy, um, it, it's just like him talk, like the most recent episode is him talking for 30 minutes. Uh, then the New York post published the article, like indicating that this had started as like strife between the two hosts and barstool sports and had morphed into, uh, strife between the two hosts directly, like that, that they are not speaking to each other and, and have some differences to sort out. Um, then, uh, Sophia, um, took to i guess snapchat maybe instagram i don't know i watched it on instagram 
and uh, gave, you know, a 10 minutes of like, hey, here's what's going on with me. And then Portnoy went back on the, the their Instagram feed, the podcast one. It was like, hey, it's me again. Like, here's my response to that. So I digested all that and would like to summarize it for you now. Basically, uh, they had been making... The New York Post thing says that uh, they, they had a guaranteed salary of 75000 a year, uh, plus incentives for tied to downloads. Portnoy says that both of them were cut a check for more than $500,000 last year because those incentives are, like, really fucking big. Um, and, uh, but, but basically, they, like, saw how things were going and were like, hey, we could probably be doing better than this they do have a guaranteed contract with uh, a barstool like like you know portnoy says like you know part of whenever they're like hey can we have a podcast on your network he's like yes if you know we if, if this is a podcast that we own like you guys can't in the terms of like in the course of this deal and i i think even like within the the contract it's like you know the, the, this podcast is ours you work for us doing this if you guys at the end of this deal would like to do a different podcast you can do that but if we want to keep on putting out something with two other girls called caller daddy that talks about the same shit we can do that you cannot leave and start another thing called caller daddy um which you know whatever uh that 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 th- those are the terms that uh the powerful try to inflict on the powerless uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's what's going on. So, um, they, uh, uh, you know, started to think that they were not getting enough money. They did not like those terms where all the back episodes were owned by Barstool and the name of the podcast was owned by Barstool and everything else. Uh, and I think in, in Portnoy's telling a major part in this is that Sophia started dating a dude who is a, a VP at HBO. And so he surmises, uh, in part because Alex told him some of this, uh, that uh, this guy, you know, like looks at their whole thing and is like, like basically like, you guys know you're a bear, right? Like, you know, use your fucking claws. Like these guys are pulling over on you. Um, And so they, you know, uh, were like, hey, we want out. And Alex, so they they said, hey, we want out. Um, Barstool tried to contact them. Then, uh, you know, no word like they're just ghost them. And then uh, Portnoy uh, got a, like a text to them. They were like, Hey, we want to come over to your apartment right now. Like, and this was like, I don't know, four weeks ago at this point, something like that. Um, and we're like, Hey, we want to come over to your apartment and uh, we, we just want to talk this out, you know? And I, I think that it was like for them to like go and like tell him like, Hey, you know, by hook or crook, like we're fucking gone. And so they show up and he, uh, prepared an offer where like, you know, I I don't know. I would read it as like, he sees that like, this is a fucking cash cow that they are a bear that do have claws. So it's like, this would be really fucking bad for our company if we lose them. So he's like, all right, what's the most I'm willing to do. And, uh, so guaranteed them 500 a year, a thousand dollars, um, you know, was offering them like a, a split of merchandise sales. And then I would say the biggest thing is that he was willing to knock six months off the end of their contract. So they would then have one year left on the deal and, uh, was willing to give them the IP at the end of that deal. So like that the, they could, you know, if they, if they, at that point a year from now wanted to, uh, do whatever they could do, whatever, you know, they could, they could start a caller daddy podcast on any podcast network or not that they would prefer. And, uh, Alex, so they, they both like leave saying no, um, that, that, that's Portnoy's telling of. And then Alex comes back as like, you know what? I've been trying to talk her into that deal. She won't take it. Uh, I'm ready to take it. And like, I'll just fucking figure it out. 
And then, you know, Sophia at that point, like, uh, you know, is, is indicated like she's kind of okay with it. That, that is Portnoy's telling. One thing that I think that is like, because he's like, you know, the, just this, this guy got in their ear. One thing that I think he's leaving out that's like really fucking huge, and he kind of like mentions it, but I, I, would, I would identify this as the driving force in it, is that reading between the lines, it sounds to me like Sophia learned at that rooftop meeting that Alex had been paid more than her this entire time. And then like into these like new terms, whenever Alex came back was like, I would be willing to do a deal, but I, I just can't get Sophia to agree. At that point, Barstool started talking just with Alex. We're like, well, we'll give you 75% of the IP. We'll keep 25 and like, you know, Sophia can fuck off. And so Sophia's thing where she was like talking, uh, you know, in the, the Instagram, um, focused on the fact that like it, she she mentioned that there was like two times that Alex had done something that she's just now learning that she felt was fairly fucking backstabby. And so I I just look at this whole deal and like like Portnoy's like, you know, it's just this guy talking in her ear. Like that that the, they won't accept this new deal that he offered because the boyfriend had already negotiated another deal with uh, the podcast company Wondery and they didn't want to make the boyfriend look bad. And I'm like, who the fuck gives a <laughs> like, I don't give a shit if my fucking boyfriend looks bad. If you're offering me $500,000, um, you know, I, what, what I, what would be like, well, I don't want to do this shit is if the partner has been earning more money the entire time and not representing that accurately to me. Like she, she ended up getting more money because she went to Portnoy and was like, Hey, I want to raise. And like, that was a meeting that like, we're just the two of them. And then she never told her partner. And like, that is fucking ludicrous. So, uh, whatever that's, that's the background of the thing. The thing that I mainly want to talk about, and then I will stop, uh, the, this, this long stream of consciousness speaking is, uh, I think that they're going about this all wrong if they're talking to Wondery or anyone else. Like, if you've got a podcast that has this kind of listener base, what is a podcast network doing for you? People are treating this like it's uh, like it's like the, what they have is a TV show, and that uh, this is this is a TV station they've got to negotiate with because how else are we going to get it on screens? That's not what's going on. The distribution is. Like Barstool does nothing for them in distribution. Uh, the distribution is handled by Apple. So if you're at the place where they started, then you desperately need something like Barstool. But like this is one of the very few media avenues where like the the personality can quickly become bigger than the company and turn around and be the more powerful entity and fuck the company. Like Barstool is like proposing, like they're like a, we'll give you like a you know uh 90 10 split on the merchandise where you keep 10 like what the fuck is barstool doing that they deserve to keep 90 percent of the merchandise sales like what what, what, are, what are they like why can't these people just like make their own fucking shirts and i mean they can't because they they sign the deal and they have the intellectual property but i'm just saying sign that new offer where a year from now you own everything and don't talk to any other podcast companies like uh, any kind of revenue split, you have to ask what exactly is that? Are they getting? Because like a uh, Portnoy says, which seems insane to me, um, that uh, like like just that he di divulged this, but he's like, yeah, we want them back on the air because we're losing a hundred thousand dollars a week every time that they're not doing an episode. So if I were them, I'm like, why aren't I making a hundred thousand dollars a week? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I think there's something to just the eyeballs or the ears they put you in front of. 
There right? is like, at the start, but like at this yeah, point, at the there's not. That that's what I'm saying. Is if I were them, I a hundred percent am doing the deal with Barstool to like be on the network initially. At when I'm at the point that they're at now, I'm not talking to fucking anyone. I am having my yeah, own. Wondery can get fucked. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, every single person can get fucked. Uh, because in it, you know, it is weird. Like you look at the top podcasts and almost all of them at this point, this was not the case whenever we started, uh, whenever we started, you'd kind of look on there and like, you know, some like, like I, I listened to a podcast. There was two comedians in Vancouver, uh, that had like no affiliation with anything. Actually, I think they did have a network. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever, we're just two random guys because they were like at the top of the iTunes thing. Whenever I opened it up, like, you know, iTunes was like, Hey, you should check this out. That would never happen now where it's just like two fucking comedians shooting the shit. You look at the top, it's like all, you know, like the New York times presents or, you know, just very like iHeartRadio, radio, whatever, or iHeartMedia. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I do look at that and like, realize that is reflective of the reality but at the point where you have a large the the other like counterbalance to something like that is like uh you know like joe rogan has an existing audience that he has built through other means and today he announced that he's going with spotify but prior to now uh has not had any kind of partnerships with anyone but his advertisers which means that he keeps all of the money. And I think the Spotify thing is an interesting thing. That might be the only people I would talk to if I were them because Spotify, it Spotify is basically like acting as your advertisers there. And it might be worth more. Like the listens might be worth more to them than they would be to an advertiser because an advertiser is trying to like get you to buy a product once where Spotify is being like, well, if we have this podcast and we're just getting fucking 10 bucks a month from every single person who listens to it, uh, you know, for the rest of time. And that's not exactly how it works because the, the way Spotify sets it up, they don't require that you be a, uh, a subscriber to, uh, to listen, but like, hey, hold uh, on one second. Okay. Yes. All right. I don't want to lose this file. Check, check, check. Okay. Spotify. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think that Spotify, you know, kind of has different dynamic, um, so I, I I might be interested in talking with them, but some something where like like Wondery I believe I, I Wondery might be a subscription people too, so maybe I'm wrong about this, but like your your regular podcast networks where what they're offering you is like we can connect you with advertisers, that is not helpful to someone who has you know like a million Instagram followers, like you just you just don't need that. Like your 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 product is obvi- it has enough obvious value to to advertisers that like just hire someone pay them a flat rate like or whatever if you got the time if all you're doing is making one podcast a week then like just fucking negotiate the deals directly yourself like whatever dude just like say you know give us the standard contract you get everyone else and just send us that money like whatever you're giving to barstool just give that to us and that's the deal so i i spend a ton of time just thinking about the podcast business which is you know kind of pointless for us because we do not have a a podcast with that sort of following but uh, I, I'm just sitting around all the time thinking about this stuff. So now the time, now that there's actually a story in the news about it, I'm pouncing. Yeah, I think the argument is between how much do you lose percentage-wise from your audience if you fly away, which is certainly something. It's not zero. And yeah. you measure that against how much will you make if you do it on your own. And I would bet that for most people and for these uh, podcasters in particular, it's going to far outweigh the losses. 
Yeah, I mean, especially like if, if Barstool is actually making a hundred thousand a week on it, and they're paying them five hundred thousand a year, then like that that's how much like you know you're, so Barstool is keeping like I, I don't want to do the math uh, like what ninety five percent of the money. Um, if, if so, so if you think that you're going to lose less than ninety five percent of your audience, <laughs> then it's a good deal for you, you know. Especially if you have another year to let people know, hey, we're going to be going somewhere else at some point. And by that somewhere else, it's just going to be our own thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to have to get familiar with like a whole other delivery platform. It's just going to be our same thing. It's just going to be, uh, we get to keep all the money and you could probably even tell people that, and then they want to support you even more. But I mean, dude, the most interesting thing about this is it is a absolute new frontier of monetization. Yeah, and and I I just think that I I'm, I'm always shocked by how few people seem to pursue this model. So like maybe there's something I'm missing, but the things that media companies traditionally provide to like media entities, uh, you, like it's just not applicable here. Like the dynamics of a movie studio or a TV show or a radio show or anything like that. Like uh, we're we're just what what they're giving you. Like I just don't see the value of it at all really like it once you have a large enough audience like you need those people to make those audiences but like and that, you know i mean it's it's weird because like i don't know the daily is a big podcast that's always like one that pops to my mind quickly um but like uh you know i michael Barbaro would have a tough time because what he's doing is talking to new york times reporters so i'm sure that he would lose more of his audience than like the average person but i mean this is uh this is more or less what uh pod save america did like where they, they were on a podcast network they and then, you know, they, they, they now are on a podcast network, but it's one they founded because they wanted to do their own, you know, like, like because the ringer was not providing them with anything that they like really needed to continue. So like, you know, I, I think they left on like very amicable terms. It seems like everyone's uh, got a good relationship over there. And like, you would hope that the podcast company be like, yeah, I, I realize we're not doing anything for you. So, you know, be, best of luck to you. Um, the, the, the other thing I wanted to, to say is like, on the one hand, I look at this whole thing and like, boy, if, if they ended up, if, if they end up where they don't do the podcast anymore, because like this entire stuff about their personal relationship has been so badly damaged by, uh, you know, the, the way that they did not handle things above board with salaries, then that's really bad and like should be, but, but like they've handled this in like real shit show fashion, like very emotional, like don't appear to like, that's how it looks from the outside. Right. Like, is that they're just like one day or like, Nope, we're not coming into work. And then they're like, then their boss is texting them like, Nope, we're not texting back. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being, uh, uh, not giving enough credit because Portnoy says, uh, the, like a big part of this whole strategy was that they were going to try and like sue to get out of it. So like maybe they needed to do that to establish something for the lawsuit. There's a lot of things I don't know about this whole deal, but I, I'm just saying it looks to me like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of sloppy all around. And so you, you'd sort of want to be like, why that surely that'll come back to bite them. But I, I thought about it for two seconds was like, 
no tc that's dumb <laughs> like this has made them a ton of money <laughs> like the, the fact that the new york Times, the first the new york poster wrote the yeah. story then the new york times picked it up now fucking we're talking about it and it, not like that's making the millions of dollars but i'm just saying there is a we're representative of a lot of other people who otherwise would not have discussed this podcast that are now talking about this podcast and like that like i i think they're going to leave this deal with much more subscribers than they came in with uh, so I don't know. I, I, I started thinking like, this is very unprofessional. This is really going to have consequences for them. And then, <laughs> you know, like thought that was like, you fucking dork. Uh, this is a, a genius idea. So I, I want that. That's what we need to work on. What's the, the way that we can have a conflict that, uh, can get the New York times to cover us. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to uh, my contacts there. Yeah. And like you, but you gotta be careful that it's one that you think you can at least 50, 50 come through on the other side. You know, what, what do you mean? Like you, well, I don't. You, you got to be careful when constructing a conflict that it's one that is possibly recoverable from. Like you don't want to go so hard, you know. Like you guys put me in the burn circle for too long that eventually you're like, I don't want to do this at all anymore. Definitely, you need a conflict that gets people talking that also makes you think we could probably work through this in the end and and rake in this cash. Yeah, no, we need to go full Hulk Hogan on this bitch and like have it all fucking planned out beforehand so that everyone under, you know, so that you and I both understand. We, we don't mean any of this. And like, I'll I don't know. I'll still probably be a bitch about it, but uh, I'll get through it. Like, uh, you know. We have a couple days. We've... I, we, we've always handled this as like a, a 50-50 deal. Um, and like, I could see, like, especially with their specific podcast where like, Alex talks a lot more than Sophia and Alex like does the mixing and like has, you know, handled the front for it. And I mean, like another part of the background is, I don't know if they still, I mean, in fact, I'm pretty sure that they're not, uh, but like they were roommates for a long time and like best friends before this and like going to your best friend and being like, actually, I kind of see you as more of like a 30% gal. Uh, that, that, that's tough to do. But I mean, if it's a situation where Sophia's like, you know what, you work harder than I do. I think you earn it. Like, that's one thing. And like, and if I were Alex, I think I would just try like, you know, try and like feel that out. But like, if she doesn't feel that and you're trying to force it on her, like, I just don't know how that's going to go. And I mean, if, if you think that like, you're going to be able to, uh, do your own thing and retain enough listeners to like, it's not a big deal. Then like, I guess do that. But I don't know, wrecking friendships and like, you know, hurting people close to you just because you want more money. Like, it it seems that that part does seem short sighted. It does. It because does, and I, I I can't really believe that I've in a world I'm in a world where you've been talking. You're you're so excited about this. I love it, and I kind of knew the story. But the fact that there's a barstool female podcast that got your tits jiggling this hard is just amazing to me. That's an offensive phrase. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's just that I've been, you know, since we started this, like, have I've constantly always been thinking about like, what is the ideal structure of a podcast business? What are the implications of the way that this new media functions versus, you know, the the previous established ways of handling media properties? Like, so this this is just like a, an, an avenue for me to talk about a thing that I've always wanted to talk about. Um, but its but, manifestation yeah. just involved Dave. <laughs> yeah yeah and you know I, I i like plenty of my texts to sartain are just like you know me saying over and over again like portnoy's a fucking idiot uh which you know that, that I, I like i like that um i did so he said a ton of things about the reopening um 
And so I don't want to like give a blanket endorsement because some of them are like off the top rope crazy. But he did have one of them where I was like, all right, yeah, he's making some points there, you know, about like whatever. I didn't I even watch get... it. Okay. I honestly didn't even watch it. The Maybe one that it was can... linked to on us was one where I was like, all right, that guy's dumb. Uh, but, but then like I saw a different thing of him talking and I was like, hey, he's making some points, but I don't really want to have a... I mean, you, you know, you, you have you have family to enjoy. We don't need to fucking have a reopening talk right now. And we have another podcast tomorrow. We do have another podcast tomorrow. All right. We'll see you then. Thanks. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next. So until tomorrow, for everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.